Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The birthday boy didn't exist? Most people don't really bother to think about what really is a central feature of their lives, their religion, their belief in a deity. This is remarkable in that it is religion that tells us what would happen, or think would happen, after the few decades of our existence. Doesn't that make religion, our religion, an important thing to think about to study? Ordinary people, of course, don't have the leisure to do this. But science through the academe in the past several decades has made religion a field of study, using the same scientific method and putting aside faith and superstition that it has used to study the natural world, resulting in the discovery of the universe's secrets, such things as DNA, subatomic particles and the origins of the cosmos. The result of these studies on religion, though, will trouble the Christian faithful. The first wave of the unraveling of religion has been through books, published from 2005 to 2009 by the so-called Four Horsemen of the New Atheism, evolutionary biologist Richard Dawkins, The God Delusion, 2006, neuroscientist Sam Harris, The End of Faith, 2005, cognitive scientist Daniel Dennett, Breaking the Spell, Religion as a Natural Phenomenon, 2006, and the late British columnist Christopher Hitchens, God is Not Great, How Religion Poisons Everything, 2007. These four have made such a systematic, comprehensive debunking of religion, demonstrated incontrovertibly to be a relic of mankind's infantile period, that these books are said to have ushered in the era of atheism. After these overall philosophical and logical critique of religion has been the attack on Christianity itself, ironically undertaken by religious scholars of that religion. Probably 40% of scholars, excepting the fundamentalists, who have studied Christianity as their fields of scholarship concluded that a Jew named Yeshua did exist and who was deified as Jesus Christ, Yeshua the Messiah, by a fringe sect of Judaism. However, he was not a god at all but was one of the scores of similar Jewish apocalyptics who proliferated in the Mediterranean and Middle East after the traumatic destruction by the Romans of the Jews' Temple of Jerusalem in AD 70. All the Yeshuas claimed they were the prophesied Savior who would defeat the evil empire, Rome, and were executed by the Romans using their favorite torture-killing gadget, the crucifix. Marxists even invented their own Yeshua, claiming that he was a revolutionary fighting the Roman Empire and that this Yeshua started the so-called liberation theology. Shrunk. There has been a plethora of books with such themes, the most popular by New Testament scholar Bart Ehrman, How Jesus Became God, John Crossan, Jesus, a revolutionary biography, and the best-selling zealot by Reza Aslan. Jesus Christ, though, has been shrunk from being a god to being merely a charismatic but failed preacher, and now as having never existed. These so-called mythicists claim Yeshua was merely the invention of the proselytizer Greek Jew Paul, in practically the same way the ancient Egyptians concocted the godman Osiris, or the Greeks, the demigod Hercules, or even King Arthur by the English. One of the oldest deities, popular in Samaria, was Inanna, who like Jesus died but was resurrected to become ruler of all gods. The only difference between them was that Inanna was female. The mythicists argue that Jesus Christ is a mythic figure concocted in the 1st and 2nd centuries to become the core of a new religion. They point out that most of the alleged accounts of Jesus, even his death and crucifixion, were borrowed from Old Testament prophets such as Elijah. The mythicists also claim that elements of the Jesus story were prevalent in myths during that era and in that part of the world. 
the theme of a dying rising god was common in ancient religions, Osiris, Attis, Heracles, Baal and even Rome's founder, Romulus. One of their strongest arguments will surprise most Christians, there wasn't any eyewitness account of Jesus. The New Testament is 100% hearsay. But weren't Mark, Luke, John, and Matthew, who wrote the Gospels, disciples of Jesus, who narrated their time with the Messiah? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Aramaic, not Greek. No, I learned that in my first theology class at the Ateneo in my youth. The Gospels are written in educated Greek. The four evangelists' language was Aramaic, and, having been recruited from the poor, they were illiterate in an age and society where only an estimated 1% of the population, mainly the priests and rulers, were literate. No way they could have written the Gospels. All biblical experts, even the passionately Christian ones, are unanimous that the Gospels were written, the earliest is Mark's in AD 70, about two decades after Jesus' reported crucifixion, by anonymous Greek-speaking, highly literate writers after hearing accounts of the Messiah by disciples of Jesus' twelve apostles. Furthermore, the mythicists argue, there are no non-Christian accounts reporting that a Jesus existed and was crucified. The often cited reference to Jesus by the first-century Roman Jewish historian Josephus, the phrase in his history of the Jewish people, the doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men as received the truth, has been conclusively established to have been clumsily inserted into the text a century after Jesus' supposed life, obviously by a Jesus believer. The mythicists' arguments seem to be gaining traction both in the academe and in bookstores, and in social media that they have their rock star of sorts, the 54-year-old Richard Carrier who has a doctorate in ancient history from Columbia University, where he studied the history of science in antiquity. Carrier has published nine books providing details for his argument that Jesus was just one of many dying rising gods in the Middle East, from which the Jews pattern their Jesus Christ, in desperation after the Romans did the impossible, the total destruction of their Jerusalem temple and their forced dispersal. Outer Space. A summary of Carrier's Jesus Christ from Outer Space reads, The earliest Christians believed Jesus was an ancient celestial being who put on a body suit of flesh, died at the hands of dark forces, and then rose from the dead and ascended back into the heavens, i.e., what we call now as outer space. But the writing we have today from that first generation of Christians never says where they thought he landed, where he lived, or where he died. The idea that Jesus toured Galilee and visited Jerusalem arose only a lifetime later, in unsourced legends written in a foreign land and language. Many sources repeat those legends, but none corroborate them. But why could a copycat Jesus movement grow to become one of the world's largest organized religions? It was embraced in the 3rd century as one of the major state religions of the Roman Empire, the most powerful empire the world has seen, as ordered by the wily Constantine the Great as one way of consolidating this rule over an empire of varied cultures and peoples. The rest, 
To use the cliché, is history, as the successors of the Roman Empire, the medieval kingdoms of Europe, Spain, England, France and Germany, and then the modern superpowers that included the United States, embraced Christianity also as their de facto state religions. State religion. That is, of course, the way other major religions of the world grew, as a state religion that rulers used to make the ruled believe that they rule by divine ordinance. After being the war religion of Arab tribes that created their caliphates in the 8th century in the Middle East, Islam became the state religion of the Ottoman Empire that emerged in the 14th century and rivaled the Christian European empires. Hinduism and Buddhism, of course, didn't grow as huge as Islam and Christianity did, even if they were much older than these two relatively modern religions. India, whose main religion is Hinduism, and China, where Buddhism competed with Confucianism, never became world empires. It is not coincidental that the central figure of Christianity is more often called Christ the King, or that of Islam as Allah the Most Powerful. It would be such an irony indeed if the most popular birthday celebrated by 2.4 billion Christians turns out to be a myth, that no such Jewish preacher who saved and continues to save the world was born. Postscript. What is a major development for the study of religion is that technology is here to make widely available studies that only universities had kept in their libraries, their price beyond the reach of ordinary people. Now, there are lively debates in podcasts on religion. Carrier, in fact, has been so active in the world of podcasts that his ideas are spreading like wildfire. Check out his interviews on YouTube. Facebook, Rigoberto Taglau. X, at Bobitaglau. Archives, www.rigobertotiglau.com. Book orders, www.rigobertotiglau.com shop. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.